Welcome back to another episode of Too Many Men. Uh, Tony Pekinich, Zach Riley, Tyler Dyes, uh, Tom, as, as Trish today, apparently, on Zoom. That is my Zoom name, Trish okay. Dyes. Um, I'm going to make it his address next. Oh, you're going to read it on air. We have a slew of topics to get to. We're going to start with Zach. Zach? Yeah, the mid-season's over already. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Oh, now the season's coming. Calling it April first. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, no, not really, but but kind of because if this is going to be another recurring thing, what's yeah, it, four to six? Uh, yeah, four to six. But that's just until them reintegrating him. So he'll probably be another week or two after the four. Six to eight. Yeah, six to eight. <clears throat> so. And when the setbacks come, you know, eight to ten. The only good news is that. Scherzer is expected to be fine for opening day at least because he had a hamstring issue. Oh, he did. I didn't know that. Yeah. I heard about that today as well. So at least he'll be fine for opening day. So that's not total crisis mode. This is why you go out and get Max Scherzer. Yeah, that's true. As a band-aid for the inevitable Jacob deGrom absence. Yes. And I swear to God, the only thing that he needs to do is stop throwing 102 miles an hour every time he throws his fastball. If he would just shorten it up a little bit, go to like 95, 96, he won't be ex- like overdoing his arm all the time. And plus he gets all the strikeouts with a slider. Pitching so, coach, huh? Is that what you well, are now? I mean, come on. It's, it's, uh, he's 34 years old, whatever he is. You he's can't 102 in spring training. Like, he needs to relax. It's, it's a stress injury in his right shoulder, right? Yeah. 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 So how do you feel about – All the time. How do you feel about some of the Mets fans saying that uh, he's just being a bitch? No, I don't think that. I just think he's over. I wasn't aware of this contingent of of Mets fans. Oh, yeah. So I was listening to the fan today, and people kept calling up. Some Mets fans, some Yankees fans. But they were very upset with Jacob deGrom for, for being out. Because they're saying, what the hell are you doing? You have a sore shoulder, and you're not going to fucking play now? I mean... That what, sore you shoulder. Through, you can't play through a little bit of injury. <laughs> that's sore that incredibly short sighted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like really. that, that's almost that's, amazingly short sighted. That, that sore shoulder turns into a Tommy John surgery or whatever, reconstructive surgery. <laughs> so the shoulder injury is going to transfer down the arm. Well, yeah, yeah. To the elbow. Yeah. The elbow. He's going to have reconstructive surgery on his shoulder then. Fine. Either way, it's going to lead to something worse. So why the hell would you play through it? It's very not good as it is. Look at the Mets. Um, why would you want to play there? What do you mean? Why do you? <laughs> that's such an ignorant thing to say. How is that ignorant? Because they have a new owner that's richer than everybody and wants to win. Why wouldn't it has a prosperous future? Why wouldn't you want to go there? Because you're the Mets. That, that means nothing. I, I was told that meant nothing last year when I kept saying it, and then they missed the playoffs. Means nothing. Hmm. Last year was still the Wilpon team. I keep being, I keep getting told that it means nothing, when it clearly means something because I keep getting proven right time after wow. time after time. Proven right. What do you make mean? the playoffs? Win a playoff game. All right, we we will. It's still this is now. It's always we will. It's been we will for like seven years now. Yeah, well, the Wilpons were the owners of the damn team. That's why. After oh, you also the World have Series, uh... it was win a World Series. It was we will, and you didn't. You also have that steroid user coming back. How do you feel about that? Well, they're not testing for it anymore. So if he's juicing up, I'll take him. <laughs> that has not been your opinion on Robinson Cano this whole spring. Right, what well, has changed? What happened? Juice, well, if he's going to juice up, I mean, whatever. Whatever? <laughs> wait, wait he on, was juicing on. playing with the Mets earlier, and it wasn't great. Well. I'd like I'd like to take everybody back to, <laughs> what was that, two seasons ago when he broke his ankle? He's piece of shit. But now we have the money, and it doesn't matter. So who cares? Just leave him be. To be fair, you've always had the money. No, we didn't always have the money. Wilpons had that money. They, they, they wouldn't have used to spend it wisely. <laughs> we talked shit about Robinson Cano like two weeks ago. What happened? Yeah, seriously. He had a pretty good spring. He did. Uh, He's also a good hitting coach. Who gives a shit? I give a shit. He's not hired as a hitting coach. <laughs> He's hired as your second fucking baseman. Well, well so what? He's going to be a DH. Speaking of hitting Zach, how do you? That's going to be about... the DH. 
Well, he's going to rotate with Dom probably. You know, he's yeah, he's probably going to get a real first baseman. Just put Pete Alonso at the age. Well, no, because well then then that leaves uh, Dom out of a yep. spot. Yeah. Well, Alonso only has what one home run this preseason. It's spring training, but yeah, yeah he just hit a short in spring training with a late start to the season, oh, and, okay. and especially for him because he got in that car accident. He did. Yeah, get he did. He accident. did get into that and That's walked true. to practice, and literally was at practice the next day doing drills. Tony, did you see the Yankee? Uh, the Yankee catcher hit five the other. Uh, I think it was today or yesterday. Hit five what? Home runs. Yeah, or he hit reached f- five home runs. Yeah. Okay. Kalhagashioka. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought he had five. The same. Kyle Gashioka's hit five home runs in one day. I, I just signed through a lifelong contract. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's the new starter every game of the season. He is the everyday starter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What else do we have? I forgot you got rid of uh, what's his name? Hey, little secret. He was the everyday starting catcher last season, too, not Gary Sanchez. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. Because Gary Sanchez. Uh, Garrett Cole didn't want Gary Sanchez catching him because he couldn't because he, he sucked. sucked defensively. Yeah. And then when Hickey got going, they just left him in. Because yeah. if he gets going, he rakes, as we've seen this spring. And as Trish He's said, got some pop. five home runs in one day. So yeah, nope. apparently for Hickey, Hickey bombs. Yeah. Are you, you okay? Think gonna get, do you think they're going to get Judge under contract soon? Yeah. I know they said they wanted to do it before the season started. Well, the season still hasn't started yet. Yeah, but what did you just say, Zach? He said he's going to leave. He's not going to leave. He's going to leave. Yeah, he's going to go to the, the Mets. Day, I, he I don't want him. So he just why, wait. Day. Whoa, why would you wait? So if Aaron Judge said I want to play for the Mets, you'd say that's okay. I'm good. Yeah. Why? Um, because you like to stay in poverty? Not because you I don't, don't like you. Don't that. have an outfielder as good as Aaron Judge. Defensively, yeah, I think we do. Defensively, he's he was a Gold Glove candidate last season. Okay, we got Starling Marte. Aaron Judge is way better than Starling Marte. Defensively, I don't know about that. Does Starling Marte have a Gold Glove? I, I believe so. Yeah. Aaron Judge can play center, no problem. <laughs> yeah. He played center last season after Aaron Hicks got hurt. What are you oh, talking yeah, about? I forgot about that. He was platooning with Brett Gardner. <laughs> You guys still have Gardner? No, right? No. No, Gardner's got time. Tell me about it. He's gonna be, you're lucky. You're lucky the Wilpons aren't there. He'd be a yeah, because right he would have been a Met this season. Him and Cano would have been having a reunion. <laughs> you're one A-Rod away from putting back together the 9 Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because we had Batanzas, too. Oh, no, he was, he 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 was not there. <laughs> he was not there then. No, he wasn't there then. Tom Batanzas didn't get to the Yankees until, like, 2014. Are you okay? No. Don't seem it. Why can't we ever have a – plus, I bet on DeGrom over in strikeouts. I bet him to have his uh, leading in strikeouts in the MLB. That's not going to happen. No, that's not happening now. I mean, unless he decides, you know, I'm going to spot the league. I'm going to spot all their starting pitchers like five, six starts, and I'm still going to break. It's not going to happen, Zach. No, I doubt it. (laughs) That'd be impressive. When did you bet it? Like two weeks ago. <laughs> That's what you get, honestly, for betting yeah. that early. Yeah, I also bet on Cy Young. That we'll still could him. happen. Maybe. Yeah. If he keeps, if every two weeks we're hearing about an inflamed shoulder. Oh no, then definitely not. <laughs> All right. Like I said, he just needs to wait, slow Trish. It down. Before we get to what's next on the list, Tom is here. Hello, Tom. Oh. I am here. Tom has Fact. his last top 25 for college football rank. The top 25, every Division One team rank, a series dating back to right after the, the season football, where yeah. college football ended. All right, Tom, let's go to 25 to 1. Let's hear it. All right, 25 to 1. Here we go. Number 25, Eastern Washington, 10 and 3, third in Big Sky, FCS. 24, get ready for a lot of FCS schools. 24, SD State, 11 and 4, fourth in Missouri Valley, FCS. 23, Utah State, 11 and 3, first in MW Mountain, Mountain Hold West. Up. Hold up. What? SD State? What is that? San Diego State, right? Yeah. Uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference? I don't think so. 
Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound right. I don't care. 22. Okay. Is that South Dakota State? Oh, that's going to be it. Oh, be yeah, it. that's it. Good thing for I me. SG State. <laughs> Come on, All man. right, 23, Utah State, 11-3. and three. I already said this one. First in Mountain West, Mountain. I hate the conferences in the Mountain West. You've I said that. that. 22, Wake Forest, 11 and 3. First in ACC Atlantic. 21, Ohio State, 11 and 2. Second in the Big Ten East. 20, ETSU, 11 and 2. First in Southern FCS School. 19, Michigan, 12 and 2. First in Big Ten East. How do you feel about that, Zach? It's all right. All right. Well, right above it is Michigan State. Eight, 11 and two, third in the Big Ten East. Are you kidding That's me? right. They're better than Michigan. No, they're not. Please hold all complaints <laughs> till the end of the list. 17, James Madison, 12 and two, first in Colonial Atlantic, FCS. I wish our viewers could see, could see Zach right now because he is he's dying over this. Number 16, Baylor, 12 and two, second in the Big 12, 15, Kennesaw. Is that how you say it? Kennesaw, whatever that school is, over Michigan. First, (laughs) they finished. They finished. If they played each other, you can give me Kennesaw plus the points. No, that's Harbaugh. Kennesaw, first in Big South FCS. Fourteen, Sam Houston, eleven and one, first in Western Athletic FCS. Thirteen, UTSA, twelve and two in the CUSA West Conference USA. Twelve, Pitt. 11 and 3, first in ACC Coastal. <laughs> 11, Oklahoma State, 12 and 2, first in the Big 12. 10, Villanova, 10 and 3, second in CAA. Villanova is a football athletic team? association. Okay. I didn't even That's an FCS. Big week for Villanova in the final four this week. Now yeah. being in the too many med poll. Big, big week. Big Maybe week. the greatest week they've ever had. They won a Number nine. Uh, well, you know. Number nine, Montana State, 12 and 3, second in the Big Sky, FCS. Had a good year. Eight, Houston, 12 and 2, second in the AAC. I didn't see Montana seven, State in the playoffs. Seven, here's San Diego State at 12 and 2, first in the MW West, Mountain West. Number six, Notre Dame, 11 and 2, the best independent team in the country because they like always are. They should join a division or conference. Number five, Louisiana, 13 and one, first in Group B of the Sun Belt. Number four, Alabama, 13 and two, first in the SEC East. Number three, Georgia, 14 and one. National champion Georgia is three in the country. They didn't have to play Cincinnati, 13 and one, first in the AAC. And every other team on this list would have lost to this team, and I'm pretty sure they did. North Dakota State, 14-1, first in Missouri Valley, FCS school. North Dakota State's an FCS powerhouse. I think they're the Jackrabbits, or that might be South Dakota State. I don't know. Alabama is scared of them. That's a fun fact. Um, Real quick before we get to the next thing on the list. So it, I think when it comes to Mountain West and having their conference or divisions be Mountain and West, um, there's another conference that really needs to follow suit, and that's the Big Sky Conference. So yes, I've broken down there. I've broken down to big and sky. So sky teams only have bird mascots and big teams are the rest. So in the sky division, you would have the Eastern Washington Eagles, um, the California State Sacramento Hornets, and the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Ah, yes. And then you'd have the Vandals, Bengals, Grizzlies, Bobcats, Lumberjacks, Bears, Vikings, and Wildcats all in the the big division. Now, now, why wouldn't you just change some of the school mascots to birds? You do that too, but that, that seems like a larger process. I don't think so. I think you usually don't change mascots. Nah, listen. This has been the Too Many Men official rankings for college teams. We'll see you next year. Uh, this is undisputable, completely agreed upon by everyone oh. here. No. And uh, Zach's opinion doesn't matter. So, uh, We'll, yeah, we'll see you next year. Thanks, Tom. All right, Trish, what's over, next? Over Michigan. All right, so next we have a very big news out of the NFL today. 
or not today, this was uh, last week, but the NFL agreed to a rule change. And not today, this was last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Anyway, they agreed to, to change the rules for overtime. Uh, it was the rule change proposed by uh, Indianapolis and Philadelphia, I believe. Um, no? Yeah, I think. So Indianapolis and Philly, uh, the rule change states that both teams will get a chance uh, to possess the ball, regardless. Why you of... just do it the whole season, though. Only, only in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Why? I know. Why wouldn't you just do it the whole se- season? Because we don't need to eliminate just, ties. Just, in the just play, season. just play defense in the regular season. It's only a ten-minute no. overtime in the regular season. Just play. You could defense. theoretically hold the ball to all ten minutes and take a tie or kick a field yeah. goal. No team's doing that though. Steelers got close, and then there was like four change of possessions in the last two minutes. Yeah. Well, so how do you guys feel about this rule change? I think it's I, fine. Yeah, I, as I was saying off, you know, off air, like there isn't a sport where, you know, both teams don't have an equal opportunity. Especially in overtime. Like it has, you know, if it's overtime, you need to have that. This has brought up an interesting scenario in what my mind. You win the coin toss in overtime. Do you kick or you do you receive? I think you kick. Yeah, I'd say kick because you, you want kick. to see what they you, you see if you can get the stand on defense. You right know what away. you need. Yeah, exactly. I think you kick it overtime. Yeah. Yeah. It now. also frees up your playbook so much because instead of needing like four yards of play, you only need three because you're four down territory every every time. Yeah. I think you kick. Yeah, I'd say kick. It's definitely going to change the game. Uh, but honestly, I mean, how often do we usually see? We've seen a lot of overtime the last couple of years. It's, it, we haven't seen that. This year was a lot. But before yeah. that, like it wasn't usually get like few. one or two a year. But it's not that we've been getting a lot of them. It's the moment they've yeah. been coming in. Well, you had you had Tom Brady. Yeah, you had uh, Chiefs, Patriots. You had yeah. this Bills Chiefs game. I mean, yeah. it just it it just keeps coming up be. in big big games because the teams are so close when it comes to skill. Yep. Yeah, I don't the know. Bengals played defense against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, though. I got that pick on Mahomes in overtime. Didn't the Super Bowl go? No, Super Bowl didn't go overtime. No. I wish it did. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Would have won some more money. <laughs> I also had an overtime. I bet. mean, it makes sense. I'm surprised they didn't do this sooner. Yeah. Three years After ago. I mean, although to your point um, from before, there is another sport that doesn't give both sides. Well, I mean, I guess it technically is an equal opportunity, but it's sudden death in like soccer and hockey. Well, it's, it's not sudden death in death. soccer. They play or no, the not soccer. Extra time. But in hockey, it's sudden death. Yeah, First but I mean, everybody that, has that the face-off equal... dot is the level playing field. Yeah, everybody's yeah. got the equal amount of play to like, like get the puck. It's not like you're just getting the puck and all everybody's got to stop and let them shoot on the goalie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it, it makes sense. Also, take the sport for what it is. You know, you're not going to have people, you, you could be as dominant as a football team as you want. Let's like, let's take other sports like hockey. You could be a dominant hockey team and spend like 40 minutes in the other team's zone. Like, you could be a dominant football team, but no matter what you do, the other team's going to get possessions. Yeah. When it comes down to the moment, it got that far. Give both teams a shot. And it's going to bring up some interesting scenarios if we get to it. Let's say a team scores, kicks an extra point. Now, I don't know why the Tennessee Titans stick in my head. This just seems like a, a Vrabel-type move. You score. Do you tie it up in overtime, or do you go for two and win? No, I'm surprised you didn't. Well, I guess since Russ is out of there, but I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Seahawks. I would say Ravens too. Harbaugh loves to do that. Ravens, yeah. Ravens, big time. Yeah, but kept giving it to the Lamar. Lamar kept missing. It's it's going to make decision making a little more interesting, and you know, take a scenario like the Bills Chiefs game was. Let's say if you're the Bills, you get held. It's like fourth and two, but you're in field goal range. Are you really going to give the ball to Patrick Mahomes where a touchdown wins the game? Or are you no. going to go for it on fourth down? 
and try to score a touchdown. And maybe you hold the ball as much as humanly possible and you run the clock down to two minutes. So now they got a two-minute drill the other way. It, it's weird. It, it could bring, out, bring up a lot of scenarios. I liked it. The, the first step, I mean, ever since they took the step that both teams would get a possession if there was a field goal kick, it, it really seemed like they were working up to both teams getting a possession regardless. Who's going to be the first coach to kick an onside kick in overtime? Because if you recover, that's a change of possession. Somebody might do it at some point. We don't know. That would be wild. If Sean Payton was still coaching, I'd say he'd do it. I was about to say that. I would better say that. That would be the craziest thing of all time. Literally nobody would expect it. No. Nobody. But once you do it once, you can't you can't really nope. do it again. One, you get one shot. Whoever wants to be the first one to do it. Or even has the opportunity to do Every it. Every organization gets one shot, and that lasts like 10 years. You know what would be the greatest thing? The, if that happened in the Super Bowl. That'd be sick. That would be kind of like that half, <laughs> half time uh, onside kick with the Saints. I can't underestimate how great that would be. That would be insane. That would be awesome. That would be insane. That would that would be Tom Brady on the Bucks, and they kick an onside kick, and Tom gets the ball back, and he gets to just march down the field, score a touchdown, win the Super Bowl. As a consistent over better, I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah, <laughs> that opens up the door for a potential twenty points in overtime. Yeah. Lines are gonna get fucked. Big fan. And for the play defense crowd, they're not going to care once we see the first game happen like this. Nobody they can also still just play defense. Just stop yeah, them. You can still score. play defense. Just stop them and score. It's, not like, it's just... not like you're giving them the ball and they have to score a touchdown. You can still play defense. Yeah. Now, well, now both sides are having to play defense. So even if you are that dominant offense and you happen to win the coin toss, now you have to have a good defense as well. You have to be able to get a stop. Somebody's going to be real pissed off when somebody misses an extra point, and that's going to be like oh. a huge thing. Like, yeah, there's, like, there's going to be. I would hope it's the Bears. Yeah, so would I. <laughs> it's going to be. Never like Tampa, who's had their fair share of kicker problems, too. Speaking of Tampa. Speaking Trish. of Tampa, yeah. Bruce Arians uh, announced, what was it, a couple days ago? That uh, he's yeah. retiring. I'm sorry. I can't. Zach, why do you have a watermelon? Uh, Adam bought a watermelon, and it's just sitting on his desk. Okay. So, yeah, Bruce Arians announced a couple days ago he retired. He's retiring. He's stepping down, and they're naming uh, Todd Bowles as head coach. Now, Signed uh, a five-year contract. From what I'm hearing, uh, the reason for the delay in the announcement was once Tom Brady came back, Arians went, okay, this is the time to step aside, give it to Todd Bowles, because uh, now he has a legitimate chance of being good. And then the reason there was a delay between Tom getting back and Bruce Arians announcing his retirement was that they were in uh, basically a secret hush-hush trying to figure out if they could get around the Rooney rule and just hire Todd Bowles, like if that was an exception to the rule. It was after a certain date is my understanding of it. Um, yeah. Because Basically, once you get past that date, it technically counts as a mid-year hire. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, I listen, the way Bruce Arians spoke, he, he made it abundantly clear that the most important thing was leaving Todd Bowles with a successful franchise with a roster that was still built to win. He didn't want to leave him with a team where, you know, Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask was going to be walking out there to be the week one starter. So leaving that in a good position was very important to him. Not, not something we usually hear uh, from head coaches. So good on him for that. He transitions into a front office role and, you know, Brady was not unaware of the situation. Brady was informed either the day he came back or the day after that, Bruce Arians would be stepping inside aside in favor of uh, Todd Bowles. And there's no other changes to the staff or anything. Byron Leftwich still staying on as the offensive coordinator. Um, and I think that's a position that he would rather have, Leftwich, over head coach. 
you still get to work more hands-on with Brady. You know, if you're transitioning to the head coach role, you kind of have to do a little bit of everything. So he really keeps his focus still on the offense, and they're bringing back a lot of guys on offense. I know Gronk is still up in the air, but it looks like he's going to be coming back anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't mind the move. I wasn't a huge Bruce Arians fan as it was. Um, I mean, you know, and how do you feel about the rumors that this was because of Tom? Yeah, I don't, I don't buy into that at all. Uh, it really, hearing Bruce Arians talk, like it really seemed like he'd been ready to do this for a while. It's just if the roster was going to be depleted going into next season, he didn't want to leave Todd Bowles with an opportunity to fail. You know, look what he did with the Jets. Good, great defensive mind. It's just they never built a roster for Todd Bowles. Yeah, and also from what I heard, he was worried that if he left after the season, then they would hire somebody else. And then that would just Todd Bowles and left, and everybody else on his staff would just be completely changed out. Cause usually new regime knew everybody. I also think the choosing of Bowles was, um, Arian's way of basically handing him a head coaching job. Look at him. Look at the last head coaching hiring cycle. There was a lot of uh, interest in Byron Leftwich. Not much in Bowles. There wasn't much interest there. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, one more year of success in Tampa, there could be a change there, but they did lose some pieces on defense. Um, it is set to take a step back this season. So give Bowles his opportunity now. Don't make him have to go out and search. The, the opportunity, as long as Byron Leftwich is succeeding with Tom Brady, there's going to be opportunities for Leftwich other places. I really thought Leftwich was going to get the Jacksonville job. But as long as he's there, th- there's going to be always opportunities for Leftwich to move up. And I think Leftwich, I really thought he was going to be gone after this year. I can almost guarantee he's going to be gone after next season. He'll get a head coaching gig somewhere. It came down to control in Jacksonville. And their GM just didn't want to give it up in favor for Leftwich. So, and I mean, if you look at the way the league is going too, for head coaching hires, offensive mind, offensive coordinators are getting the job more time often, like more often than not. And defensive coordinators are kind of getting left high and dry. So, I think that's also why he chose Bulls so that he could have a head coaching job and show what he can do as head coach with a good team. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right there. You look at. Um, you look at what the last hiring cycle, you got Dable from Buffalo offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson, former offensive coordinator in uh, KC offensive mind in Philly. Eberfluss, I, I believe was an offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett uh, was Rogers guy. So yeah, the, if Arians didn't step aside and, you know, let's say he waited to this till next season, Brady leaves and, you know, they go through a whole new head coaching outside higher and all that. Then there's a scenario where Leftwich is the only head coach from that staff. With this, yeah. you can almost guarantee next year that Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich will both have head coaching jobs. Which yeah, is a big as, thing for him. As long as Bowles doesn't mess it up. There's nothing he can do, I think, in one year. Any Unless. kind of um, failure this season, I really think is going to be pegged on Tom Brady regression, as crazy as that sounds. I, I mean, left the world's been waiting more. for it. The world's been waiting for it. And do you think, uh, with Tom Brady coming out of retirement, that it's mostly because he kind of now wants that retirement tour? Um, no, I think when he announced his retirement, I think there was like legitimate disdain between Arians and Brady. I really think there was. I think Arians reached out to Brady and said, hey, come back. Don't know about head coach next season. It still might be me. Just be aware of that. It still might be me. And, you know, I, I, I don't think Brady really wanted to step away from football yet. I still think he has another two, three years in him. So I, I think he really wanted to come back there. Um, what did you ask me? I asked you uh, something about Tom Brady coming out of retirement. Oh, uh, for the farewell tour. Right. Yeah. So I don't think Tom Brady's not a farewell tour type guy. His contract expires after this season. And as long as it's still, you know, top half quarterback of the league, 
I don't think he's in Tampa after next year, whether it be retirement or on another team. And I'm not leading toward retirement. I'll tell you that much. No. You think he goes to Miami or the 49ers? I do. I think if the Tua thing doesn't work out, he goes to Miami. Why wouldn't he go back to the uh, AFC East? Yeah, I think he wants to play Belichick and the Pats. That'd be great. And and the Jets. Who wouldn't want to play the Jets? You never know if the Zach Wilson thing doesn't work out for next season. If they're not convinced, they could be in the market for a quarterback as well. I mean, if you listen to the Jets fans on the fan, they think they're going to win the fucking Super Bowl this year. Yeah, that's that's normal pre-draft hype by them. They'll they'll crash back down to earth week one of the preseason. They usually do. But look at look at teams that could use a quarterback a year from now. Minnesota, a very interesting option. Uh, Atlanta, I think, took themselves out of it. They really seem like they're in roster deconstruction mode. Miami, making all these moves. You know, if you're still not sold on Tua, you give them the season, then wait for Brady to hit free agency again. Did we talk about Tyreek Hill to Miami? Yeah, we did. Okay. But, yeah, I mean uh... – I don't see I, I don't see this as a retirement tour type thing. Retirement tours are for players who have been on teams for so long. They're no longer winning. He's still winning. I personally think he had no re- he wasn't going to retire until the media came out and said, oh, he's retiring. I really yeah. didn't think he was going to either. I, I, I feel like they ruined the moment for him. So he just kind of said, I'm going to retire and then come out of it. Look at the last couple big retirement tours around sports. Dirk. Hey. Uh, the Mavs were okay. They weren't really competing. Dirk didn't even really want that retirement tour. You had Derek Jeter. The Yankees weren't really competing. It's all these teams. The player, the team's not competing. Let's give him his farewell. But I mean, he's going to be too focused on winning for any kind of retirement tour. His retirement tour is going to be the last parade that he has. Yeah, that'll be his retirement tour. Yeah. I d- listen. I. People always say, like, he wants to go out on top. I, I don't see a situation where Tom Brady goes out on top. I think if he wins, he's going to come back and get another, or try yeah. at least. There's not a situation where he retires as the best quarterback on the best team in football. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Uh, why not? Because he, he, as long as he's doing that, he thinks he can still win. And he yes. might fucking be able to. You don't he know. Will. He is going to still win. He's inhuman. He's not, like, human. He's not human. Yeah, he has the weirdest diet on the planet. All right, Trish, what's next on the list? All right, next. I think, it's a, we I think we're the, changing sports, right? Yeah, we're going to basketball in the final four. Right. So it's Duke UNC. Duke first UNC. time ever. Zach, I want you to pull up the lines. Sure. So it's Duke UNC for the first time ever. And then who's Nova playing? What? Who's Villanova playing? Kansas. Kansas? Oh, Kansas is going to win. I've been hammering Nova all tournament. <laughs> they've been just co- they've been covering it every stretch. They were dog against Arkansas, winning outright. I, I don't know what the line is, but I can almost uh, guarantee you Nova's dogs. Zach, right. go with the first game. Let's go with Duke UNC. Uh, okay, we got North Carolina at plus one sixty, plus four. Duke minus four, minus one ninety. Four? Interest. Yeah, four. It's a two versus an eight. Yeah. Four points. I mean, you can't Give tell me, me North minus Carolina 10. hasn't looked really good. I don't care. I don't care. This is Coach K's retirement tour. This is Coach K's last dance. It's free money, minus four at least. I want to live with some risk. I'll take them up to nine and a half. Wow. I actually took them minus eight and a half the last game. Who did they I just beat? One. Who did they just beat? Um, did they play Arkansas, not Nova? No, I don't think they played Arkansas. Let me go to the tournament bracket. That Nova played Zona? I'm looking. I'm looking. Because they were, they beat the wheels off whoever they just played. You mean like yeah, eight, it was uh, nine? Houston. Houston. Okay. What was the score? It was only a six-point game, 50-44, to 44, but they were blowing them out most of the game. Yeah, and Duke was like three-point dogs. Against Arkansas, yeah. Like, what was the score? What was the Duke-Arkansas seven, game? 78-69, six, uh, so they covered for me by a half point. <laughs> I had them nine and a half. I had eight and a half. 
I had so. nine and a half. Yeah, right. And they didn't do anything that last possession. And now I remember yep. that I was watching that game. Kansas blew Miami out of the water, which not surprising. Although I had yeah, Miami money line, they were winning at the half and then lost by. I did have money line as well for Miami. I had them in two parlays. Shout out to them for being up at the half. They allowed me to hedge. That was nice of them. But give me, give me Duke minus four against UNC all day. I know UNC just beat St. Peter's. But yeah, like, by thirty. Yeah. I mean, who did UNC go through? Um, St. Peter's. In the Elite Eight. I'm going to look at the official bracket. Um, North Carolina played Marquette first. Yeah. And they played number one Baylor. Yeah, that was a good win. What was the score of that game? Uh, 93-86. They went full they speed, number, yeah. Then they played number four UCLA, and they won 73-66. Okay. And then now they got St. Peter's, or they had St. Peter's, and now they have uh, – yeah, all right. Give me Duke minus four here. What's the over under? Uh, over under is one fifty one. Yeah, I'd be fine with that up to one fifty five. Yeah. I think both these teams they might not both hit eighty, but I guarantee one of them will. Yeah, I could really see like eighty five, seventy six, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Duke should cover four easy. And I might Duke, have a safety parlay with North Carolina in it, though. Duke is going to be angry because you flash back to Coach K's last regular season game at Cameron Indoor. And UNC walked in, they beat him. Yeah. They're going to be playing with some emotion. Well, I mean, they've been playing the whole tournament, really, with yeah. emotion. These young guys, ride. these freshmen are just rolling over teams. Yeah. I mean, you do have the best coach ever to do it in college basketball. So, like, that's, you know, expected at least. <laughs> yeah, that does that does help. But it's not often you can look at, like, one or two players and say this is what the game is going to come down to. But Armando Baycott on UNC is, has been a rebound machine so far in the tournament. If he gets working been on been the – very court- good defensively, too. They've been getting a lot of blocks. Yeah, it, he's been very good on the glass. Um, but Duke has a player too that rebound Mark Williams. It's, so it's going to come down to rebounding between Mark Williams and um, Armando Baycott. Whoever controls the glass is going to win this game. They're not. There's not going to be many rebounds. Oh, Most so of the ball is going to be going in, game, but the rebounds first? they're far. They both got to capitalize. Duke is the second game. You know that, right? That's the second game. Yeah, they're on at eight nine eight fifty. Oh, that's okay. Eight fifty. That's what it says on DraftKings oh. here. It's late. I don't know why. It's a complete four-hour swing from the other game. Really playing to that West Coast crowd with that late tip. I know it's in New Orleans, but still. I would have thought that would have been the seven and then there was going to be like a ten. Yeah. No, it's six and nine. or six and nine. So higher seed gets the early game. Number one, Kansas. Yep. The only one to make it out. They play number two, Nova. What's the line on that game? Uh, it's the same thing. Minus four for four, Kansas, Kansas. And plus 165, Villanova. Minus 195 for Kansas. Yeah, I like Nova money line just because they've been such – they've been doing work all tournament. So is North Carolina, though. I don't know why you're writing North Carolina off right, off, right away. Different types of work. I don't know. They played a one seed. They beat a one seed. Yeah, they beat Baylor. I know Baylor so won last beat. year, but they weren't the same team this year. Many – believe they were way overhyped as the one seed because they were coming in off a championship. Yeah. And, you know, UNC is still a blue chip program. It's not as much. I'm higher on Duke than I am on Kansas. I think that's more of the argument here. I have no faith in Bill Self, the head coach at Kansas. Didn't they not do too well on their last win? Like that wasn't it like kind of shitty? Yeah, but against Providence, it was pretty low scoring. Yeah, okay, I, I thought you, I thought you were a Kansas fan. What happened? I'm not a big Kansas fan. No, I was actually every bracket I filled out, it had Kansas getting far, and I was like shit because I don't I have no faith. Yeah, well they got far. Well, here Kansas they are. play in the Elite Eight. Uh, go back to the app. They played Miami, right? Yeah. 
So I had Miami. Yeah. And I had K-State. They played Providence. I had K-State minus a ton of points against Providence because Providence were frauds. Yeah, probably, yeah. But uh, give me – I mean, give me Nova Duke in the final. Like, I oh. think that's a pretty good matchup. I I, I got to – dude, I'm telling you, I've shared this with Trish. A couple weeks ago, I saw a thing that this whole thing is rigged and Duke was going to play UNC in the final four and then Duke was going to play Kansas in the final because that's who Coach K beat to win his first uh, championship. If that and happens, I, I saw it like right. two and a half weeks ago and everything's <laughs> yeah. just falling into place there and I'm scared. It would be fixed. What if it is all rigged? Uh, a Duke-Kansas finals matchup, I know – Going into that St. Peter's game uh, was plus three twenty. Damn, probably improved a little bit since then. Nope, both favored. But yeah, so what do you think? What do you think the final is going to be? Uh, no, I agree. I think, I think Duke Nova will be a fun, a fun and interesting final. Mm-hmm. Zach, what do you think? I think I'm going to go Kansas North Carolina. Really? Yes. The exact opposite. I just want to shout out real quick how on point my women's bracket is. I didn't even do one. Do you, you did one of those? Yeah, I'm at 99.9%. Oh, yeah. Wow. My final four was correct. I've already picked one of the two teams in the championship correct. My elite eight was seven for eight. I didn't have Creighton going. Yeah, I've only got like four or five wrong. That's <laughs> pretty crazy. And I'm not even like close to being first because there's two brackets that are perfect. There's still perfect brackets in that. Yeah, I guess women's probably easier to judge. Than yeah, it's more favored teams. heavy. Yeah, and that's what that's what I, I dude I benefited a lot betting wise that first round of the tournament. I had South Carolina minus forty four <laughs> points over Howard. God, what's next on the list here, Trish? All right, next we're moving over to the NBA, and uh, we have and. A what was it? An Instagram post or a tweet from LeBron saying "See you next season." He is out for the year. With what? Uh, that I don't know, Tony. Uh, real quick, here's the tweet: 109 today. I'm out for the season officially. See y'all in the fall. So this has been coming um, past couple of days. He turned his ankle. I believe oh, it was. Yeah, it's either an yeah. ankle or a knee. A couple games ago and. He went back to L.A. in the middle of a road trip. That's the second time he'd done that this season to seek medical attention. And the last thing I had heard before actually seeing this tweet was he was going to work out and try to give it a go tonight because Anthony Davis did come back, is coming back tonight for the Lakers. The game actually just tipped off against New Orleans. So he's back, and they're currently the 11th seed in the West fighting for a play-in spot. But now with LeBron announcing he's out, I mean, you could basically kiss any – they still might make it because they do have a cushion over, I believe, it's Portland. But they're not going to do anything. You can't. They're not going to beat the seven seed. No, I doubt it. I mean, they've been bad all year, even with them. Well, the AD's been out, but I'm, I think LeBron's got one more year left. The Lakers, because he's expressed so much desire to play with his son when he's into the league, and no matter where he goes, I think he'll follow. Um, where, when's he coming into the league? After next season, I think. Oh, okay. And that's I think when he has an opt out in his contract. But he's probably playing that. I mean, the Lakers, his tenure with the Lakers, you could just look at it and say, yeah, one championship, but it should have been so much more because he has been destroyed by injuries in L.A. Unlike anything, like he had such a good reputation of never getting injured with Miami and Cleveland. And now it's just every well, other year. It seems like it's something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's his body catching up with him. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to take into account like. On all those other teams, he was a lot younger. <laughs> and now he's getting older. And and after dragging Cleveland to the finals for, what was it, four straight seasons, that, that doesn't number on you. Let me find out I feel like also he doesn't have the best pieces around him uh, with LA. At least he did the first couple of years, but not now. AD's been hurt. There's only so much he can do. I mean, he's 37 years old. He's, he's getting up there in age. Hmm. So we also have... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 what'd you find? What'd you find? We, uh... 
we might have gotten got by the king. Oh, was it an April Fool's joke? Oh, that's exciting. The last thing I saw 13 minutes ago from ESPN, Lakers get LeBron James and Anthony Davis back for game against New Orleans. Let me go check the stats. It was an April Fool's joke. Really? What a guy. That son of a He boy. hasn't even updated his Insta, his Twitter saying anything. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's see. I didn't bet on this Laker. I bet on the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm hammering the Lakers oh, right now. No. Minus two? I'm hammering the Lakers right now. Wait, who minus two? The, the Lakers are minus two. I got the Pelicans earlier today, minus one. That I'm, was the odds who altered it. Vegas probably right also fell for the April Fool's joke. Good, good, good for LeBron James. Good for him. He got me. He ain't getting me. Uh, it's two and a half on DraftKings, but that's fine. Is that, is that like a deal breaker for you? I guess half so. Point. We'll put eighteen on it. I hope you know that the Lakers did blow a twenty-three point lead to the Pelicans two weeks ago, or a week ago, and lost. Okay, we'll do eight on it. Okay. Tony, have you read some of the comments on this Twitter post? Because they're fucking hysterical. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through them right now. This guy says Kobe's up in heaven disappointed right now because LeBron made this joke. <laughs> Hell of a joke, man. I think Lakers fans should riot. <laughs> MJ would never joke about being 31 and 45. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. He's just having a little fun with us. Lay April Fools. Okay, what's next on the list? So now we have rumors out of Philadelphia, the 76ers, that players are losing respect for their coach there. And uh, this is this is directly linked to James Harden, right? I mean, the timing. It almost has to be. You know, like he was perfectly fine in Philly, had no problems. And then they traded for James Harden. And now he is on the ropes. Probably now, granted, toxic person. Granted. This doesn't. Th- this isn't like a mid season move by any means. No, no, not at all. This Especially this late in the year. It, it'd be something that if they got bounced early in the playoffs. You know, I think. Doc Rivers is definitely out. How about another blown 3-1 lead? That'll do it, too. Okay. Yeah, but NBA Central uh, put it out today. Some Philadelphia 76 players are, quote, not feeling head coach uh, Doc Rivers. It's – this is from – Some insider saying his rotations and his philosophy, the guys aren't feeling it. And, yeah, Doc Rivers last night did notably call out uh, his bench play. Um, he whereas many out. people were – what? He called out James Harden. Yeah, up. where many people By were – he got asked a question about criticizing the bench. And then he said, yeah, the bench, it, like, it wasn't great, but I wouldn't really pin it all on them. It was mostly James Harden. Which, I mean, you just want to cause an immediate rift in the player you just acquired and <laughs> gave up a ton of draft capital for? Yeah, that's where that's going to happen. I just want to interject something here. It's not about basketball, but if you go on DraftKings and go to the Masters, you can bet on Tiger Woods at plus 4,000 to win. Tiger Woods is there. He's planning on playing uh, 4,000? Yeah. Well, so did you guys hear about it that? Parlay. Flew from his home and wait, 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 wait. A parlay with what? I put it in a parlay with Villanova in North Carolina. Interesting. Plus twenty eight. <laughs> plus twenty eight thousand. Yeah, I love it. That's three dogs. So then parlay. I guess if you want to take this route, uh, Tiger Woods left his home. Uh, well, so a private jet owned by Tiger Woods, flew from Florida to Augusta. And people are saying that uh, he walked the course to see if he is physically able. able. Yeah, because uh, they don't have carts in Augusta. Not even an They don't have carts on the PGA. 
Yeah. Well, you no, they medically do, request um, one. Yeah, if you medically request one, but Augusta doesn't have it at all. Even if you medically request it, you're not allowed to have it. Explains because why John they don't Haley have hasn't played Augusta in years. Uh, and the reason why Augusta doesn't have it is so cool to me. They said that their course is so beautiful, they don't want to ruin it by uh, putting tarmac oh, down. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no parts in Augusta. But it looks like Tiger is going to golf. He's going to at least play in the qualifiers and see if he qualifies. And then if he does, he'll play all four days, hopefully, or all four rounds, rather. I mean, that practice round on Wednesday is going to be a huge tell. Yeah, it is. Um, A, if he finishes, and B, if he's feeling himself. I know he hasn't played in a while. Uh, he's well, he hasn't, he hasn't played publicly in a while. The last public thing he did was with his son, right? Yes, but we don't know what he's been doing behind the scenes by himself. Yeah, that's true. You know, Tiger's a madman. He was probably back out there as soon as he could walk. <laughs> yeah, there's only so much you can do gearing up for that environment, four-day tournament, you know, full gallery at Augusta this year coming out of the pandemic yeah, but and it's, everything. It's Tiger Woods, though. He plays better. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But, like, he likes that pressure. Still, that's where he that's where he thrives. I w- I wouldn't have pegged him for a this year comeback. I would have pegged him more for next year. Yeah, but I mean, if he does it, because does he's that... the type of guy where if something is off about his body, he is not going to disrespect the sport and play like sixty five percent. If he's going to go and play, he's going to go and play because he thinks he can win. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, I think, why he's going to test it out at Augusta because I think the Masters means a lot more to him than any other PGA Tour event. Um, and rightfully and, so. Oh, absolutely. And I think he's going to see how it goes. If he plays that practice round and it doesn't go well, he's just not going to play. Yeah. If he plays the practice round and his body's feeling good and he's feeling good, then he'll probably play the whole thing. Now, depending on how he places in Augusta, I think will determine whether he continues playing or whether he just calls it for the season and says, maybe I'll see you guys next year. Yeah. He's transitioned to the point. You can play whatever. I mean, even before the accident, it was only going to be getting into, he's going to hit the major ones on the year, hit a couple minors, you know, playing like waste management, open stuff like that. But now if he, if he does this, he comes back and he wins. This is better than his last one, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And they were calling his last one the greatest sports comeback of all time. Yeah, no, this would be Nobody double what he did last time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure winning a major, he passed somebody. Uh, would this be 20? Let me, let me find out. That'd be insane. That <laughs> way, because... Well, while Trish is looking it up, I, I added stuff to this parlay. Okay. And 50 cents wins me $17,000. Okay, so, Jack Nicholas has 18. Tiger Woods has 15. Woods has 15. Major he needs three more. Victories. He's three more. He could do that. He could do that. Why not? Phil Mickelson just won the PGA Championship. But he has 81 career PGA Tour wins. Which is second most in all time. See, this is 82. Oh, Sam Snead has a okay. He's Sam one behind Snead Sam Snead with 82. Yeah. So if he if he wins, that's just two more events. He's gonna try like a madman to beat that. That's when you'll see him pick off some minor ones. Just try to pass him. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's good for golf, right? It's great for golf. And now his kid's starting to get to an age where we're going to be able to see him in more and more events. If he decides maybe, to go that route, yeah. Charlie. Well, he's going to. You never know. He's not uh, – Tiger doesn't have the same drive that his dad had in propelling his son into the sport. No, but you see Tiger absolutely in love with playing with yeah, his son. Yeah, it seems like he enjoys it more at a young age than you saw – well, we saw clips from early Tiger, and he was more like robotic. Yeah, more he had the shows of emotion, but he had a certain way to carry himself hammered into him. No, yeah, but I think that's 
I think that's just the different teaching styles yeah. between Tiger's dad and the way Tiger's teaching him because Tiger has found the love of the game through the way he learned it. Through winning, but now he's really. just teaching his son the love of the game yeah. instead of all the discipline. He's also, you know, his kid's still ridiculously good at golf. Better than me. Better than you. <laughs> he's better than Zach. All. Better than Tom. Tom's not good. Daly's all kid right. should be coming up soon. Who? John Daly's kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, little John Daly. Little John? Yeah. yeah. He's coming soon. <laughs> I'm what's, for that. what's next on the list? Next on the list, we have the World Cup groups have been announced. Oh, yes. Yes. U.S. gets to play England. That's group, <laughs> I think, B. And a lot of the English are happy. What was that? You said rematch of 1850? 1950. 1950. The miracle on grass, as it's called. The United States beat uh, England one nothing. kept them out of the bracket. <laughs> they were favored to win. They didn't go to the bracket. Um, a lot of English are happy they get to play the United States. The English have never beaten the United States in a tournament. They haven't beaten them in the World Cup ever. Last time they played was in 2010. There was a tie. It was 1-1. Um, they've met, I think, twice in the World Cup. Once in, I think, the U.S. Cup, it was called at one point. Or like, it was something. It wasn't a major one, but they still didn't beat the United States. But yeah, here are the groups. Uh, group A, you got Qatar. They qualify because they're hosting Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. I, this, this group is an absolute joke. The Netherlands are going to run through all three of these teams. I think it's top two from each group qualify. So, you know, Ecuador should be the next team in. Or wouldn't count out Senegal. Qatar doesn't have a chance. Um, group B, England, Iran, United States. And then the winner of a playoff between Wales, Ukraine, and Scotland. Um I mean, the easy choices here are the U.S. and England ranked 5th and 15th in the world. Iran, not a bad team at all. I just don't think they can keep up with that. And uh, out of the three playing in the playoff, I guess it'd be Wales, but I really can't see them competing with either any three of those teams. And, yeah, England is going to play the United States on Black Friday. So you're going to have Thanksgiving football, Black Friday, you have the Iron Bowl on Saturday, and then you have Sunday NFL football just, just to sweep that weekend. Next group, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. I mean, look for Argentina and Mexico come out of this group. Mexico hasn't been great lately, but they are still better than uh, Saudi Arabia and Poland. Group D, you got France, a uh, playoff between Australia, the UAE, and I think that's Peru. It is. Um, and then Denmark and Tunisia. You know, France should run through this group, and then Denmark or possibly Australia, Peru. I, UAE, I don't really see as a real competitor. They, they should be the two coming out. Group E, you got Spain. Uh, the winner of Costa Rica, New Zealand, Germany, and Japan. Yeah, pretty easy here. Spain and Germany. Uh, Japan and either Croatia or New Zealand, they're good teams on a global scale. They can't compete with two top five nations in the world. It's just not going to happen. Uh, group F, this is an interesting one. You got Belgium. Uh, who was world number one up until a couple days ago, overtaken by Brazil. Canada, who was uh, number one in the CONCACAF table, beating out the United States and Mexico, Morocco, and Croatia. Belgium should be an easy pass, but then you really get into Canada and Croatia. Is Croatia still the team they were four years ago, or even at Euro 2020? Yet to be seen. Uh, Canada has a good shot at coming out of that one. Group G, Brazil, Serbia. Switzerland and Cameroon, I mean Brazil, should be a cakewalk for the new world number one. Um, and then Serbia and Switzerland and Cameroon, they're all pretty close. So could come down to gold differential there. Group H, I believe it's the last group. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, should lead that group easy. Ghana always hangs around last couple World Cups. I know they eliminated the United States in, I think, 2010 and 2006, so they're always hanging around. And then Uruguay is always a decent team coming out of South America, and South Korea rounds up the group. Portugal should get that number one spot easy, then look between Ghana and Uruguay really to be the uh, the last two, last two teams coming out. It all comes down to World Cup final, December 18th, 10 a.m. Eastern in Qatar. So just two weeks straight 
of the biggest event in the world. So that's where we're at with that. What's next on the list, Trish? And the last thing we have on our list is the F1 race in Las Vegas. Ah, Zach is really excited about this one. I'm very excited about this one. Um, what do you know? I don't do know I, anything. Right. So what I've been reading is that uh, they, so they have like a, a summer break. They start in March and they go until like early June, I believe. And then they take a couple month break. And then that's like a whole west side of the earth run of like places. There's three now uh, USA races. There's one in Texas. Uh, and then there's one a new new race this year in Miami, uh, in the streets of Miami, which they're doing next year as well. And then now Las Vegas, right down the strip. <clears throat> I've heard that's, it's supposed to be I mean, 14 turns. And they're supposed to go uh, at a max of 213 miles an hour on the streets. So they wanted to make this like a freaking fast track. And it's been 40 years since they've raced on the Las Vegas Strip. No, that's awesome. Uh, you said that they don't have like a date hammered down or anything like when it will. No, be. not yet. I feel like the, I think the schedule comes out towards October, towards the end of their season. Um, and what I've read in a couple articles here is that, uh, like I said, like the U.S. swing is towards the end of the year. So it's saying around November, October, November. So that should be, I mean, that's going to be sick. And we got new cars this year in the F1 where it's making it a lot easier for it to be more competitive at the front. So like top five cars with a lot of speed, they're going to be battling every lap. So it's really cool. It's going to be really cool. Oh, Zach, I heard something interesting. It was a conspiracy theory about F1 Mm -hmm. uh, about Mercedes in particular. So did you see that Mercedes changed the way they put their numbers on their cars? Yeah. They added that neon uh, outline to their numbers. Yeah. And even the helmets, uh, the racers have to. So so I saw a conspiracy that uh, there is a very obscure rule in F1 that all the numbers on the cars need to be clearly visible, right? Yeah. And when you look at a lot of those F1 cars, it's really hard to read their numbers. Can't tell. Yeah, even the even the announcers, when I've watched the races, they've said like, oh, like, because I think it's a rule now where you have to have one driver with a distinctive color on the car so that you could tell which driver is which during the race. Right. So the idea was that uh, Mercedes was going to come in second in a race. And when they came in second, they'd go, well, that car doesn't have uh, clearly numbered stickers. Oh, on so the they were actually going to enforce so, it? Well, they're, they're, they're qualified. Both, all the so Mercedes are terrible this year so far. So. so that's why they did that. And then now, uh, shortly after that video came out, Ferrari then changed their numbers. And now Ferrari oh, really? has those outline numbers too. I didn't see that. Yeah. So maybe Ferrari thought the same thing. Maybe Ferrari thought Mercedes was going to try to fuck them over. So they did the outline. And I think we're going to see a trend in F1 where more cars are going to put that neon outline on their numbers. Probably. So called out for that stupid rule did you guys see what happened while they were in saudi arabia this past week like week no i didn't well there was so there they had a race in saudi arabia and they had uh it it was close like the the main sponsor of the race is our uh i can't pronounce it aramco or something like that uh it's like a gas company in saudi Saudi arabia and it got bombed they were like 20 minutes from this oh i heard about this yeah and so, like, they literally had, like, several meetings across the weekend. Like, should we keep going? And the Saudi Arabian government's like, yeah, no. Yeah, keep going, going. Keep going. Just go. You're fine. <laughs> like, the race is fine. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah that, that, that event out. in Vegas should be insane. It should, it should be, it really be an event to see, for sure. We should just go either way. Some real good things with racing, NASCAR and F1 the last year. Yeah. The whole thing at the Coliseum, the Bristol Dirt Track. Yes, I love how NASCAR is mixing it up. I, it's great. They're doing a lot more road courses. They're doing. They had the the uh, Texas course that the F1 usually does. Uh, NASCAR did last year, which is usually only the Xfinity series that does that. So, so that's gonna wrap this episode. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we go, uh, Memphis Grizzlies are legit. I'll say that right now. Yeah. They beat the Phoenix Suns tonight, uh, and they moved to twenty and two without John Morant in the lineup. Wow. So they don't need Ja, but when they have him, he sure as hell helps. Yep. Um, they're plus 1,400 right now to win the NBA Finals. Some decent value there. Yeah, decent definitely. value. Every episode of the 20 Men Sports Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. New episodes every Tuesday and Friday. 
going to be coming up on a little break here uh, right after MLB opening day. Uh, we will be in Las Vegas, be bulling around the city. So we're going to take a break there, and we'll come back uh, right before the NFL draft. draft and we'll have all the first weekend of uh, USFL to cover. Yes. Yes, yes we will. Go so, Generals. That kicks off the 16th. Yep. We're going to be back on the 19th, so I'm thinking the 26th or that Friday we'll be back. NFL draft is the 28th. Got to get coverage in. Going to have Jack Osterloff on for mock drafts. So we will see you this Friday for those sort of too many men. Bye, everybody.